Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show with Zach and Josh. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Happy Friday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you for the next two hours as we get ready for the weekend. Head into Combine Week. We've got a Sabres game tonight. Niagara basketball is in action against Canisius. So you got a little local rivalry going there. We've also got a Sabres game Sunday, correct, as well? Yes, Carolina on Sunday. Very no- oh boy, never mind. Not very nice. <laughs> hey, never guess what? mind. I opened my laptop to Tankathon, and that was the first website that was pulled up. I simmed the lottery, and the Sabres went from eighth to Day. ninth. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> so like, is he going to hit me with the first overall pick? Like that's a great mood to be in. Great no. way to start off a. Didn't fight. even get there. Gotta love it. It's good. It's <laughs> Wait. Good. Nope. No. Nope. Just did it's it again. St- it's eight. still not good. Arizona moves up four spots to one. Gotta love it. <laughs> love Gotta it. love it. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you here on the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show. And that is brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll need to find it at NorthtownAuto.com. All right. Combine week next week, Josh. I know. It's came out of nowhere. I honestly, like, because we've been promoting it all week. I mean, you've probably heard Zach or I do it in our updates where it's, mm-hmm. you know, tune in because Sal's going to be there. I'm going I'm to do I, the it, read at some point well, in the show. It, it came out of nowhere. Like, I just... I'm, I'm like, yeah, it. the Combine's next week. And then I'm all, also like, whoa, the Combine's next week. Like, I was saying it last night on the nightcap of just how quick you realize the NFL offseason goes, or at least like yep. the key points that like everyone's excited for. And that's always like the start of free agency, you know, the legal tank, t- tampering period, which is always a blast. And then the draft. And then, you know, within that is like the Combine, the Senior Bowl and all that. It's like a two and a half month run. Maybe right. three. Like if, if, thing, like, like if you had... truly take a little bit of break after the Super Bowl, yeah. it's a very quick run, and then it's the long wait. Then right. you've got a, a bit here where like it's rookie mini camps where like you don't get a ton there. No one's hitting. They're not in pads, so it's something crazy. Mandatory mini camps come a little bit later, but that's in the summer, so we're going through basically all the spring with nothing really going on. Golf. 
golf. <laughs> it comes at you fast, though. We're like yeah. everything else. We're like, boom, it's the combine, and then the combine kind of wraps up, and you're basically a month away from the draft. And after the combine, it's just rumor season. And I've told you, like, that's maybe my favorite part of the combine. And then, like, you know, the few days afterwards of just like, who's BSing everybody? Like, who's telling the truth? Who's lying? You know, it, it it's the rumor game, and it's a blast. Like, yeah. I can't stand when teams give away the game, and are just like, yeah, it's gonna be that guy. Like, obviously, they don't outright say it, but like, I'm I'm kind of glad as a Bills fan, I've never had to deal with like the generational prospect that they're gonna take at number one overall. I'd love the talent. Do not mistake what I'm saying. I would love the talent. Right. But I would be just so bored by, like, January. It's it's crazy to me that, like, I don't know why this thought just popped into my head, but, like, throughout the entirety of the, the Bills drought, there was never one year where it was, yep, the Bills are drafting one overall. They're going to get some generational guy. It's going to be great. This is the turnaround. They're going to draft go. a quarterback. Any, no. And, nope, they're at, like, eighth the, every single year. The worst <laughs> they did, I, I want to say, was 2011 when they take Marcel Darius at three. Yep. Yep. Or uh, at three or four, but that's the lowest they've gotten. Right. Like, and, and and it was a point that was brought up yesterday with Bulldog and Nate. Of there's a little bit of reminiscing yesterday with a lot of hockey anniversaries. You know, Miracle. Uh, you get the Ottawa Sabers brawl, which was a ton of fun because mm-hmm. that's just not even a part of the game anymore. Let and alone then, like the Sabers being good. And then today you have the Ilya Labushkin anniversary. Which, Which I called on fantastic. Twitter, by the way. Yeah, that was crazy that you said that the, that goal was going to happen. And then And it was all it because did. I was so pissed off that the Sabres took a penalty or got a penalty <laughs> called on them. Right. That I was just like, what's the craziest thing that would happen? Oh, yeah, Labushkin scores on a shorthand. <laughs> and he did it. And I was like, oh, wait a second. Maybe I have superpowers. Which just 10-year-old Zach would have lost his mind. But regardless... So the conversation there, it was real quick because it was a lot of reminiscing and some good moments. You know, what do you miss most about the Sabres being a playoff team? And, and I'm sitting here going, well, pff, memories would be nice. I, I don't have any. <laughs> yeah. And for me, though, like, it, it was a very quick point, but I, I do always kind of like to, like, I, I always linger on it a little bit when I hear it. It was – Nate brought up that it was, like, you know, it's going into a 13-year playoff drought, but in hockey specifically, it feels more like a 25-year playoff drought. Right. And Bulldog was, like, just a full agreement. Like, yeah, it feels longer. And a lot of that is, too, it's, it's 82 games per season. You know, it, it's a sport that – half the teams make the playoffs every year it feels almost mathematically impossible that it's happened look at that the Sabres defying math and the Bills defying math love that for them (laughs) but for me it's also like like you just brought up like the Bills were never that organization that would just dive into the dirt and just be truly atrocious the worst they were was mediocre and completely forgettable they were in a smaller market they didn't have a quarterback they had a few guys that were pretty good, mainly defensive stars, and then a few you know spots here. You know, Fred Jackson was really underrated and good. C.J. Spiller had an awesome year. Lee Evans was horribly underrated most of his career. It's funny that you brought up the the 2011 draft. Where they, I remember it vividly. They drafted Josh. Marcel Darius. In, in, term, in terms of who I wanted them to get. Who did you want them to get? Cam Newton, man. Like, just, oh, oh, at one, just, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Dude, yeah, yeah. Watching college football that year and seeing the Bills be bad to start the year. Yep. And Newton came on, I would say, about middle point of the year where you were like, okay, he's probably going one. Like, he's a different breed of quarterback that we've just never seen. Yeah. And then to watch the Bills win just enough games. And along with that, though, it was also just seeing Carolina be so inept with Jimmy Clausen at quarterback, a historically bad offense. And you're just like, 
that's the guy. Like that's right. That's yeah. how the bill. And I'm and I'm a young kid at that time. This is the year prior. The 2010 draft was the first draft. I really remember like being excited for having a prospect I wanted them to get, Jimmy Clausen, and like being like <laughs> really into it. 2011 then was like, okay, now it's it's we're going. We're we're we're, yeah. we're, 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 we're full bore here. But it's it's funny because. I look at this and I'm like, could they have could they have taken a quarterback? Could, did they have to take defensive tackle? And they absolutely had to take anything. I want to say it was Blaine Gabbert was the next guy. That Blaine was Gabbert was the next guy. At, Jacksonville nine. Or I'm sorry, no, Jake Locker was the next. Jacob Locker out of Washington. Yep. Wow, at, that is a name I have not heard in years. At eight to Tennessee, in his career, was I right though with Jacksonville at nine? No, Jacksonville was ten. They did take Blaine Gabbert though. Um, <laughs> He pl- Jake Locker played 30 games, had 408 completions on 709 attempts for just under 5,000 passing yards, had 27 touchdowns, but 22 interceptions. And, yeah, he was out of the league by 2014. What a draft class, by the way. Yeah, this, is, this isn't... This the isn't first a- seven picks all went to a Pro Bowl, at least one. Yeah, but after that, it's not great. I mean, you have J.J. Watt. Oh, no, man. Like, I, have... like, keep going. This draft class is good. It is very, oh, okay. very yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. It's getting better as I'm going. You have Cameron Jordan, uh, Cameron Hayward, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick. Oh, yeah. That was the year that Bills took Aaron Williams in the second round. That was fun. I was, always, I, I was always a fan. I was always a fan of Aaron Williams. <laughs> no, Aaron Williams was cool. I mean, well, look, he, he was a Longhorn, so like I knew Aaron oh, Williams. So right. I was like, oh, yeah. let's go. This is exciting. I don't know where. I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole in this draft, but I was just curious because I was like, who who was available? Could the Bills have gotten a legitimate quarterback that year instead? You know, aside from the number one pick. But yeah, you were right though. Like other than that, that was their one of their lowest picks or highest picks, I should say, was four. And then everything else throughout the drought was like eight or nine. Like there was a couple other fours in there, mm-hmm. but pretty much everything. There's a couple of 13s. Like 2004 was Lee Evans, 13. Yeah. And then. But that's the thing. I mean, like, like they hung around most of that drought basically at either six and 10 and between that to like nine and seven some years. Right. And like yeah. that was only, I think, two or three. And I think the third one was them actually breaking the drought. Like yep. they just hung around there that entire time. But it's where, not like it mattered because mm-hmm. the Jets were still, like, okay. The Jets were okay. And they had their run for the first few years with Mark Sanchez yep. and Rex Ryan. Miami was basically the same as Buffalo. Right. Their only thing is they went to the quarterback a bit earlier with Ryan Tannehill. Mm. And I think they made the playoffs once with Tannehill. I think Adam Gase was their offense coordinator or something like that. I, I think they did with Tannehill. But, you know, we talked about it with Jeremy earlier this week as we were transitioning shows of just, like, yeah, like the EJ draft was very weird because, like, <laughs> yeah. e- like just we all vividly remember, like, it was just out in the open that, like, they were going to draft a quarterback kind of to shut everybody up in, like, the worst quarterback draft class, like, in recent memory. Dude, the 2013 draft class, I just – the name Ryan Nassib should bring back, like, night terrors to, to 25-year-olds everywhere. I'm sorry, night – what? Night terrors. Nightmares. Whatever. I, I was going to say. Yeah. I, I, Sleep it, paralysis demons. <laughs> they should be showing up in your bedroom when you hear the word Ryan, or the name Ryan Nassib. They hired Doug Marone, and everyone's like, his quarterback from from Syracuse. I know he has a fourth-round grade. Maybe they take him in the first round because they need a quarterback. That draft class is the bane of my existence, and it's one of my favorites. EJ Manuel was... I, 
I I know this, but it's just it's jarring to say see it again and say it. He was the only quarterback taken in the first round. He was. He was. And, and he was taken and even in then. 16. It was considered a very big reach. Yeah. And like you, you look at the guys that go after him: DeAndre Hopkins, Cordero Patterson mm-hmm. in that draft, like. Le'Veon Bell's in that draft as Zach well in the Ertz. second round. Eddie, oh man, Eddie Lacy. Oh, boy. Darius Slay. Do you know who else goes in that draft class in the third round? First pick of the third round. Who? Travis Kelsey. No. Travis Kelsey, yeah. Wow. Oh, that was when the Big East was still a thing in football, too. That's so fun. That's crazy. That is so fun. There's a lot of names in here, though. Keenan Allen, mm-hmm. third round as well. Oh, what a fun draft class. But, but I, it's for the most Matt part, Barkley. I, Oh, that's in the right. fourth round of the Philadelphia that's Eagles. That's right. He stayed in school and just the draft process was not kind to him. Nope. At all. It was not kind to <laughs> but him. No, it's just it's just fun to I, I don't know again, I don't know how I got here, but 20, I just like looking at this stuff because it's so funny to see how far the Bills have come, especially around now. Because think about think about what was going out over these airwaves in twenty thirteen at this time of year. It was combine seasons coming around and who are the Bills looking at? They're at sixteen and who's available, what's available, Why? what should the Bills go get. And now it's, well, the Bills are picking 28th, and they need like one piece, and they can probably make the, the Super Bowl. They actually traded back. They were at 8. Oh. They were actually at 8, so they were much closer. They traded back with St. Louis, who went to go get Tavon Austin. Oh. Who, I don't know if you remember him oh. in college. He was Do a, I remember Tavon Austin? He was a highlight reel in college. So they moved back. <laughs> I don't know what the trade was. I, I cannot remember the 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 trade, but I, I do remember being excited about that, or at least liking that they did that to still get the quarterback they wanted. I just I remember, just I I was so ready to defend EJ like to the death because yep. that was the first time in my life I could remember them like going out taking a quarterback in round one. At the time, I thought it was kind of cool that like the Bills were the only team to take a quarterback. So in my mind, having seen how like you know, the NFL offseason works. Right. And I'm like, oh, we're going to have people showing up to training camp and like NFL Network's going to be there. And I was <laughs> I, like, I was excited. I was in Disney World at the time in his, I, th- I, I think it was the first preseason game against the Colts. And I left the parks early at the time. And to I'm, watch the game? To, oh, yeah. And I watched every second of the game. I had found out like earlier, I think the day prior, that like we would get the game in Orlando. Mm-hmm. And I like, I left the parks early got there like an hour before the game and I was locked in and I was just, I was ready to go. I was ready to go for EJ. So like I, there very few players have broken my heart more than EJ Manuel, f- just purely from the fact that I wanted him to work so bad, the trade so badly, the trade where the bills moved back to 16 mm-hmm. was the bills trade their first and third round selections, eight and 71 mm-hmm. to the St. Louis Rams in exchange for the Rams first, second and third, seventh round selections so 16 46 78 and 222 so they get four picks for two picks i'm about that all right and they still that was a great trade if you think about it at the time it absolutely works like you still get what you think is going to be your quarterback in the right. future and, and then you also yeah. at 46 can draft robert woods that pick worked out or no i'm sorry that was 41 at 46 41. was kiko alonzo for a year, that pick worked out. 78 was Marquise Goodwin. That worked out for a little while. <laughs> and who, what were the other ones? 78 and 20, 222 was Chris Gregg, tight end. Well, you know, we can't, we can't, you know, they can't all be perfect. He did play 32 games. Yeah. Didn't do anything, but he played 32 games. So. 
I'm just looking at this this class. We we can get off of 2013. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I want to make my point that the Sabres drought has been way worse than the Bills drought. But, <laughs> but I'm looking now at the top five of this draft class, too. I mean, what a time to be alive. Three offensive tackles go in the top four. Deion Jordan is a pick by the Dolphins at three. He is one of the biggest busts in recent memory. Ezekiel Ansah, Ziggy Ansah goes as well. Man, just, wow, what what a bad draft class. Yeah, that was in the first round. It's not great. I don't even think 2014 was all that good either. No, 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 2014 was good. No, I was very wrong on that one. 2014 oh, was good. Wow, Jadavian Clowney, Khalil Mack, uh, Mike Evans. Forgetting about Blake Bortles there, bud. Oh, skipped right over him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, so my, my, my big point the there, The thesis though, is, there is... Is that the Bills very rarely, were, if ever, were the, clearly the worst team in football. I mean, like there were teams finishing with one, two wins. In the drought, there was a team that finished with no wins. Where the Sabres have regularly been the worst team in hockey, or one of the worst teams right. in hockey. Until recent years, anyway. Until recent years, and even then, now, I think they're sitting at, what, the eighth overall picks? So yep. They're, they're still picking top ten. That's still not great. Yeah. And so I think that's where it's been so much more painful. I think that's where it has also allowed for apathy to really grow amongst the fan base. Where for the Bills, it kind of became clear at a certain point. They are just a quarterback away. Like, they just need a dude who is solid and can get them there, and they'll break the drought. Maybe not win a Super Bowl, but break the drought. Mm -hmm. You know, with Fitz, it was just, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, the Fitz tragic didn't show up. But, you know, Fitz magic was kind of born here in Buffalo. And then once they got a solid quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, it's broken, what, two years later? I mean... Right. Yeah, they, yeah, they got a little bit of help on the. De- I'm not a little bit. They had a lot of help on the defensive side of the ball, but once they got quarterback, it was fine. They they were they were all right. They were not. Yep. They were never the worst run organization in football. You could argue that at points in the drought that is still currently going on, the Buffalo Sabers were one of the top three worst run sports sports franchise in North America. Well, and what's what's crazy too is like because I was just looking at their draft as well. Like, their draft history. It's bad. And it's bad. Like, the players they pick, like, even... It's not like where, like, you know, the Bills, yeah, like, EJ pick wasn't good. But mm-hmm. the the Bills didn't really have any other options because they had to pick... Well, in their eyes, they had to pick a quarterback. But the Sabres, like, you look at some of these drafts, and, like, 2015, yeah, they take Jack Eichel. But that's it. Like... Every other name in there is J.J. Paterka is the first second-round pick by the Sabres I can remember in a long time even slightly working out. That actually hit. And there are a couple throughout history, but this goes back to the poorly run Mm -hmm. aspect of the team. Brandon Hagel was a Sabres draft pick in 2016, sixth-rounder. They never signed him to his ELC. He signs with Chicago. He blows up with Chicago, gets traded to Tampa for, like, eight picks. That's right, And is is a pretty decent player in the league now. Mm -hmm. And... You can also look at, like, let's say Rasmus Asplund. That was, like, the guy for a while, prospect-wise. Oh, yeah. Like, that was every, on everyone's radar was him. And, like, again, I'm looking through all this, and at points it looks like the Sabres are at, you know, the Bills part of the drought where it was, you know, you're picking around eight or nine. You're not bad, but you're not good enough. You just need a couple pieces, but and, you're, and you'll out. be good to go. Like, you can start in 2011. They pick 16th overall. They take Yoel Armia, who played one game for them and is now a consistent player on the Montreal Canadiens. He's not great, but he's not bad. Mm-hmm. He's an NHL guy. You go to 2012, they pick 12th overall, Mikhail Gregorenko. Mm-hmm. And they also pick Gergensen's at 14 oh, yeah. in that draft. 2013, get a little worse. You pick 8th overall. 24th, that was Rasmus Ristolainen. 
Then you go to 2014, second overall. That's the really the first really bad year. You pick Sam Reinhardt at second overall. Okay, great. He's going to help us out. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to start to turn around. It's going to be a little painful, but we're going to start to turn but, around. But we're figuring it out. 2015, second overall, Jack Eichel. I feel like we kind of all knew they were going to be bad that year. Yeah. It was the McDavid year. Probably should have had McDavid. I still think that that draft lottery was rigged, <laughs> was rigged. personally. Um, but then... 2016, 8th overall. 2017, 8th overall. And then 2018, first overall. Rasmus Dahlin. It's just like this up and down yo-yo. And mm-hmm. then you go back again. 7, 8, 1, 9, 13. And then this year, probably like 8 or 9 again. Yeah. And, and maybe if they make a push, it's going to go up to 13. Like, ooh, fun. Like, wow. It's just they, cool. they, they have truly just stuck around the same area in a sport where, again, half the teams make the playoffs and they're not desperately looking for a quarterback. Right, exactly. It's not like you can look at one thing the Sabres yeah. need and say that's what's the reason why. Throughout this whole drought, it's been when it's when it hasn't been goaltending, it's been everything else. When it mm-hmm. has been everything else, it's been goaltending. Yep. Like it's it's that's kind of the only way I could look at it where you could say, Oh, they need one position that's goaltender. You have that now and you're not succeeding. Mm-hmm. You have Uka Pekalukin playing his best hockey of his career for the past two months. And it basically means nothing. And it doesn't mean anything. Yep. So I don't know. I you're right. The Bills the Bills drought was much it, at the time, it didn't look like it, but it was much easier to deal with. It was, it was than way more drought. palatable than right. what the Sabres drought is. Exactly. All right. Ran a little long there. Going to take a quick time out here. Where we kind of want to go to today is me and Josh were talking before the show started. Some hopes and fears with the Bills offense. A lot of talk has been coming with Joe Brady and his offense when he was put into the interim, becoming much more run heavy. Is that going to be a thing that goes forward? I think most people kind of realize wide receiver is a need, but are we looking more at a much more balanced attack? How believable do you find Sean McDermott's comments at the exit press conferences about being pass first, about a team that wants to pass to win games, or do you think they are going to transition more to the run? Would love to hear your thoughts. 803-0550 is the number. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you till 12 o'clock. You're listening to the Extra Point Show, and this is WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Yes, I'm a defensive coach, but I'm going to say this, and we just lost to Andy, but I cut my teeth around Andy Reid, who is a pass first, you throw to win, and that has been my philosophy since day one. Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott there in his exit press conferences from earlier on in the offseason. And that's a quote that got me excited going into this offseason of just, I know a lot of fans, I think even myself, I've had to fight against it a little bit, Josh, where I get worried that he is defensive, of course, to his to his nature. I mean, he is, mm-hmm. he, he is a defensive coordinator. But there's always been this belief, and I've gotten away from it. Fun enough in this year is when I got away from it. But I've gotten away from the belief that because he's a defensive head coach, he wants to run the ball. Like, that's how he wants to win, even though really since he's had Allen, they've been one of the most pass-heavy offenses in football. Yeah. And then there was a lot of, like, well, is that Brian Dable? Like, now that Dable's leaving, are they going to become run-heavy? And then it was Ken Dorsey, and they were still pretty pass-heavy. And then it was finally, when Brady took over in the interim, they became very run-heavy. I have been somebody that has been saying the reason why they went to that was almost solely due to the talent they had at the receiver position. Yeah, and that's where I was – that's how this all kind of came up because we were talking before the show, and I, I I agree with you. I think that's why he did it. But that little voice in the back of my head saying, like, well, what if – you know, like, what if that's not why he's doing that? What if he is a run-heavy coach? And, and is that something that we have to worry about in terms of, you know, is this what we're going to see the Bills become – and after further investigation, which we will bring up here now, it's not the case. Joe Brady, when he was in LSU, partially because of the talent he had, but he has great talent now on the Bills. Man, that team was so good. But also because I think that's the way he is, is extremely pass-heavy. Mm-hmm. We have the stats here. You look at it, and in 2019, which was when Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator for the LSU Fighting Tigers, which we found out that they're called that, which Zach, I'm not calling him that. I'm, that. I'm not gonna do it. It's it's weird. I don't like it. But anyway, in that for season, their sakes, I won't call them the Fighting Tigers. <laughs> in that season, Joe Burrow comp- uh, attempted 527 passes, compared to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, their featured back, rushing 215 times in 15 games. Mind you, they were 15 and 0. Jamar Chase was their leading receiver with 1,780 yards on 84 receptions. He did it as a sophomore. As a sophomore. Justin Jefferson had more receptions than him at 111, and he only had 1,500 yards. He did a lot of that for the slot, too. Right, exactly. So, that was a big thing so that, coming out. Is so he, the, he did a lot of work from the slot. So if anyone out there, if, if anyone was worried like I was, you don't have any reason to worry. I mean, sure, we're going to see the run game. I think we're going to see the run game be used, well, I think, which I, I because, like because you have a talented running back in James Cook. I, yeah. I think I think it would be ridiculous to not get him involved. But like you even hear like those are the top two. But you even see Terrace Marshall Jr. who had forty six catches, six hundred seventy one yards, and thirteen touchdowns. Thaddeus Moss, their Randy starting Moss's son, yeah, their starting tight end had forty seven catches, five seventy, and four touchdowns. Like right, they got a lot of people involved in the passing game, and like, I think that's my th- number one. Obviously, that's my point. I, I think this is the offense Brady wants to run. I think this is the offense, uh, to a certain extent, that McDermott wants to run. I think as well, we just didn't get to see what Brady wanted to do at all this year. That was him taking the playbook he had and the talent he had and went, okay, we can't have this be a lost season. Like, that's what their offense became was, we can't have a lost season. 
We can't just do something to do something. We have to figure out a way to win games, even if it's not pretty, even if it's not sexy. We've got to figure out a way to make this not a lost season. I think that was the whole. I think that was the whole plan after they fire Ken Dorsey, is we're six and six. We've got to figure out a way to stay competitive. We have. Josh Allen, a quarterback, we've got to figure out a way to do this. I will say, though, the only thing that does make me think they could become more reliant on the run is the fact that what we've seen the last two years is that the long ball in passing games has kind of gone away. Baker Mayfield's like one of the few quarterbacks I know this year that actually was very successful throwing the deep ball. Mm -hmm. But for me, at least, I still see the short passing game with actual guys who can get yak, who have speed, who can turn you know, five, six-yard catch into a 15, 20-yard catch in the blink of an eye, I think if you actually have those guys, the short passing game just becomes more efficient. It just becomes a better option than the run game while also, of course, supplementing. I'm not saying get away from the run game entirely, but my thing is, like, I, I and I know, and I know defenses are changing. Look what Kansas City did, and they right. were able to basically shut down the deep ball. They kind of did against Buffalo. Buffalo had three pretty good shots there, and they just weren't caught. But it also... To be fair, Allen missed some late in the season as well. Like right. It's not just yeah. the final game. Well, and also, too, with the way we were looking at Brady's stats here, because like I said, I was a little worried that, you know, what if Brady goes run heavy instead of pass mm-hmm. heavy? Because we're all on the wide receiver train. We're all ready for wide receiver to be something that the Bills finally get, and it's it's fun, you know? But looking at these numbers, because you, you were just talking about like the short passes compared to the long passes. Say the Bills draft Brian Thomas Jr., right? Mm-hmm. He is a guy that can you know stretch the field. He can go down the line and get deep. But if you have him doing that, while you also have then Khalil Shakir, Stephon Diggs, Dalton Kincaid, and even James Cook available short, then, then you have multiple options. You have so many different routes to go. And I just, I, I don't think they had that at all this year. Right. I, I, I don't and think they had really many options at all. Because this year you had Diggs is your deep guy, mm-hmm. and Davis is your deep guy, and then just Shakir and Kincaid in the slot, and then kind of James Cook every once in a while. But James Cook was having his drop issues. Mm-hmm. Davis wasn't getting involved at all. Diggs had his issues. And then you just kind of were relying on Kincaid and Shakir to do – and this is just in the passing game because Cook was great in the run game. But – when you look at these stats that that Brady helped these LSU guys put up, and again, it's a different team, it's a different time, you know, whatever. But one guy that you brought up, Justin Jefferson, had 1,500 yards on 111 receptions in the slot primarily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is if you want to see Diggs in a more short game role, that's where he's going to be. If you want to see Shakir get used more, that's where he's going to be. Kincaid was a great player in the slot this year. So yeah, once, once they started using him, he was fantastic. So now, if you add in a wide receiver that can get deep, and it is he is a deep ball threat, like Brian Thomas Jr., like I don't know who's another big receiver, like tall big receiver, like Adonai Mitchell or Xavier. Yeah. One of those two is like kind of taller. Right? Adonai, he's about six three. Yeah. So if you get a receiver like that, you can turn them into your deep threat, and then that in turn opens up these other factors, and then also you have your star rookie wide receiver down the, down deep, and you have a quarterback that can throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. So I think, in conclusion, <laughs> Brady just didn't have enough options. And I, I feel like we've all kind of known that, but maybe you know it's creeped back into some people's minds like it has with me. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there because I, I, for one, was like worried about that for whatever reason at one point. Mm-hmm. But 
looking at this, it's it's going to be kind of you know it's it's not going to be a worry. I get by. Yeah. All right. Because like I, I it's it's funny because like I was going to come in here saying you know Brady's going to run it more, and then after looking at this, I just kind of like debunked my own take. Like <laughs> like looking at these well, stats. But, but I think like, it, it, it's fair to to bring up. I mean. Yeah, and and like I said, I want to see them run mm-hmm. it because James Cook was great, and and Ty Johnson was also really good, like in yeah. the role he was used in. You know, and so speaking on that, like, and that's the thing where like I'm, I want them to get better to their passing game, but I think that's maybe the thing that's impressed me most with with Joe Brady is that he seemed to unlock something with the run game that we haven't really had in a few years here. I mean, James Cook. For all his issues in the passing game, which a lot of drops and, and, and such, I mean, he was very, very effective in, in, in the run game. And Ty Johnson kind of came out of nowhere. And now as somebody I would not be against at all bringing back on a one-year deal to keep him going, to keep just that that unit going, and just have Allen be like the short yards running back. I have no problem with that. I think it works. And our own Brian Koziel just sent me uh, Warren Sharp's tweet about the percentage of running uh, running back runs that did not gain yards. Jacksonville's at the top of that list at 25%. That's staggering. Buffalo is the lowest team, 13%. So more than any team in the NFL, they were gaining yards when their running backs were running the ball. Hmm. And so while, yes, I'm worried that they're going to go away from the passing game a little bit, I think they did show you, though, They've got something on that offense that if they can just add a few more pieces in that receiver room, which I think they're going to need to, of course. I, I do think they're going to have Gabe Davis walk, and I think they are going to add guys in to the offense. They've shown they can work the run game, and I think it is still true to a certain extent that having a good running game or having a good passing game will open up the other one. Right. Unless someone yeah. play action opens up the uh, opens up the run game, or, or you know, I'm you know I'm less so on that. But while, yes, I know the NFL is changing, elite quarterbacks still win games. Patrick Mahomes and their defense was why they won games. It was not their running game. Yes, there are teams that are built better for that. Baltimore is is a very run-heavy team. Philadelphia was very good as a run team. San Francisco is another one. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm at a point, like, I'm okay if they go a little bit more to the run because it works, and they're showing it worked. My fear throughout this run here was that I didn't think they had enough weapons in the in the passing offense and it did show in that divisional round against Kansas City where you yeah. had too many drops in key spots that would have been big plays that you had for a number of years but as we've talked about this year I mean have they really even replaced John Brown right and yeah that was that was the big talking point we had earlier in the week of like you're still trying to replace a 30-year-old receiver that at the time, was your premier receiver, mm-hmm. but you're still trying to replace him. Like, and you can't. You've you've tried to go out and do it in free agency. You've tried to say, you know, these rookies that we drafted in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round are going to be fine. They're going to come up and they're going to do something eventually. And you could kind of say Gabe Davis did that, but he didn't. He mm-hmm. isn't consistent enough with it. And now is the time where it's okay. Well, we tried to get in free agency with Harfield or. Harfield, Hardy and Sherfield. It's good that you just combine them. That's yeah, good. I do that with uh, Poyer and Hyde all the time too. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but but you tried to do it in free agency. That didn't work. It's like okay, your only option left is going to get one high in the draft. Not even first round, second round, third round, somewhere in there where they're going to be an impact immediately. Yeah. And I think looking at these numbers and looking at what they did or what they wanted to do anyway, at least in the beginning of the season, it's very clear that they're going to you know continue this trend towards 
passing stuff, even though it was very run heavy at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I put it to Twitter in the break. We'll read some of your responses after a quick timeout. You are listening to the Northtown Automotive Extra Point Show brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Shop online at NorthtownAuto.com. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt, hanging out with you until noon here on a Friday. You're listening to the Extra Point Show, and this is WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Happy Friday, everyone. Zach Jones, Josh Schmidt hanging out with you until noon today. Get you over to Sabres Live at the top of the 12 o'clock hour. We do have a Sabres game tonight. They are on the road. They're in Columbus. Take on the Blue Jackets. Both teams not having a great year. We also have over on our sister station, AM 1400, Battle of Bridges, Niagara at Canisius. Niagara very much inching their way up the Metro leaderboard. They're one and a half games back from Quinnipiac, Josh. I think is what I heard in one of your updates. One yes, and a half games one and a half games. And, Which, and they're on a three-game winning streak, too. Very good on the road. I mean, Canisius and Niagara are in the same. But they've been amazing on the road in Mac play specifically. And Quinnipiac and Fairfield play later tonight at 9. So it's going to be a very wow. big night so if, for a Mac games. So if Niagara wins and then... Quinnipiac so if, loses. Well, Fairfield also, I think, is at one and a half games back, which is pretty interesting. Niagara would have the tiebreaker. Oh, that's right, because yeah. they just beat them. Yeah. Wow. Niagara's having some fun, man, this year. Like, that is it, fun. It, it is going to be a fun run to the tournament for them, especially theirs isn't like the Big Ten, which starts like three days before the NCAA tournament. <laughs> it's 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 the mad so rush now, to finish. Now, it. if they don't get to first place, mm-hmm. what does that like? Because I'm not as well versed in college basketball. They will still have the buy if they're the two and three seed. I think are, are the three seeds they get the buy. I know one and two definitely do. Okay, and then but they just have to stay basically where they're at to get to. The chance to play in the tournament. Oh no, they're they're going to play in the MAC tournament. You mean the NCAA tournament? I don't think they're going to have to. They're they're already going to be in like the the city where the tournament plays. If that makes sense, like the lower seeds will have to play each other. In terms of the NCAA tournament, they have to win the MAC tournament. They have to get okay. an automatic. Bid. Yeah, see, that's that's where I that's where I didn't know how the bid system worked for for the MAC specifically. Yeah, they're okay. Only only one team. Gotcha. The, the gotcha. conference tournament champion. Right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Before we take another time out, do want to get connected to our fans. It's brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. Have some tweets to read as I posted the question, are you worried the Bills will become more reliant on the run game? And I kind of did want it to just be sort of a blanket statement. I kind of want to see how people are feeling just at that thought alone. A patient man tweets in a little, but as Joe Marino says, he was, he's been on the station a number of times from the morning. He was on this week with the afternoon guys as well says NFL offenses are changing, and that is absolutely correct. Defenses are getting much better at stopping the kind of spread offense attack. Teams are not able to go as deep as often as they were in years past, and now it's become much more, if you do pass the ball a ton, it's a lot like what the Chiefs showed, which is death by a thousand cuts kind of deal. You're, you're passing the ball a lot, but not going you know really very far there. Uh, Michael tweets in perpetually. Love that. That just It's a constant <laughs> fear of his. Me too, Michael. Me too. Nate tweets in, whatever wins the game. 
Dallas game this year was one of my favorites in a while, and it was run after run, and I do agree with that. The Dallas game was a blast to watch. I think worried is a little strong, but I am concerned that in the big moments, the ball is not in Josh Allen's hands. I think that's also kind of a big thing for a lot of people is that, yeah. you know, in fourth down, I mean, we talk about it now too, that fake punt. Why would fake punting? Just have the ball in Allen's hands. Right, because you probably would have had a lot more of a chance, and you probably would have done mm-hmm. – you probably would have done a bit more mm-hmm. on that fourth down if you would have just, you know, gone for it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to go for it, go for it. I, I like I like fake punting every once in a while, but it's like if you're in that serious of a game and you are trying to go for it, then just, hey, we're not going to try to fake anything here. Try to stop us. I think it's my thing. I like fake punts when I'm a neutral fan. If it's my team running it, I want to fight somebody. And I, if but, it's run on my team and it's successful, oh, there's hell to pay. Yeah. And I, I like I, – I remember the one time Brian Dable ran a fake – well, the special teams ran a yeah. fake punt. But Brian Dable, like, orchestrated it. And it was the best thing ever. I don't remember who the Bills were playing. It might have been – It was fun, though. might have been Tennessee. It was fun. But it was awesome. And it's like, I like that. But it's not like you're playing in the playoffs – with a chance to win the game, yeah, I, like in that any was of those like a mid, that was like a week nine game, and it didn't really matter. Like, not that it didn't matter. I don't. But, I, I don't always want to be there where like the playoffs changes things. For me, it was like I almost didn't care that Kansas City. I, I guess it's always been the thing now. Like they had ten men on the field. Bills had the extra blocker. Like for me, it's just like it's bad execution by the Bills, just flat out. But I will never not want the ball in Allen's hands on a fourth and short. Right. I, I just, I just won't. We'll read one more here before we take another timeout. Jackie tweets in, no, passing and point scoring was down across the NFL. We're in the midst of another offensive swing. High-powered spread is hamstrung a bit. Sometimes you got to do what works to open things down the field. We all love the 2020-esque O, but times are changing as they do. Great song, by the way. The times they are changing. Wonderful song. And also great in the movie Watchmen. I don't know if you've ever watched that. It's the opening scene. Wonderful, wonderful opening scene for a movie that's... eh, Overall, not too bad. The comic's weird, though. We are going to take another quick time out here. If you want to join the discussion, you can over on Twitter, or you can call us up, 803-0550, 803-0550. There we go. I got it out. Lines are open across the board for the rest of the day. We'll be back after a quick time out. You're listening to The X Point Show. This is WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.